0: Hello, and welcome back to another edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, the president of Yankee Institute, and today we're joined by Justin Hosey. And Justin is an attorney with Hudson Cook LLP, and he has kindly agreed to join us to talk with us about a new issue that seems to me to be of relevance um, to business owners and people who work for businesses called Earned Wage Access. And Justin, uh, I'd be so grateful if uh, you could just start by explaining to our audience what earned wage access is.
1: Yeah, sure. And thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. So, earned wage access, sometimes called earned wage advance or early wage advance, you sometimes see a few different variations of the same concept. But the idea here is that employees will work for a given period of time. Let's just say two weeks and each day they work. They, of course, earn a day of their wages. Along the way, those consumers sometimes have financial needs and in some cases may resort to getting consumer credit or some sort of uh, funds in order to cover their needs. Um, Earned wage access, early wage advance, uh, Is an effort at fitting those needs without the consumer resorting to typical consumer credit or some would say consumer credit at all. And it allows the consumer to reach out to their employer or some designee of their employer and say, hey, I've earned three out of the 14 or three out of the 10 days of wages I was going to earn. I'd like that money today. And then when we get to payday, you don't have to pay me for those three days, just pay me for the rest of them along the way. So it gives consumers access to money they earned early.
0: Got it. Um, and I mean, so in a way you could argue, it keeps them from having to go to people like payday lenders or something like that.
1: that that's right. So when it, when a consumer goes to a payday lender, by contrast, Ah, uh, there is not necessarily a relationship with the employer. They're going to a third party, and they're saying, "Look, in weeks past, I've made this amount of wages, so presumably I'll make this amount um, in the next pay period, and I'd like to pay that now." And and very often on a payday advance, uh, painting with a broad brush here, a uh, consumer can expect to pay about 15% every two weeks, and and some critics have have criticized that by labeling it with an annual percentage rate that is very high, probably a good discussion for another day. Right. W.A. is is an alternative to that type of transaction.
0: OK. And so, you know, and before we get into sort of talking about um, the pluses and minuses, the merits of of earned wage access and, you know, efforts to regulate it and everything else, um, I thought it's just helpful for our audience to understand, um, do you represent a. Uh, Pro earned wage access interests, or what is your role in in the discussion,
1: Justin? Sure sure. So I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not I don't I don't go to court and sort of fight for for companies the way some lawyers do. Uh, my law firm focuses our practice almost entirely on helping folks comply with consumer protection laws. So a business would come to us and say, we're interested in engaging in a certain business. Here's our business plan. What statutes apply? What regulations apply? What disclosures do we have to give? What licenses do we need? And we analyze federal and state law and help companies come up with a plan to make sure that they comply with all of those applicable statutes and regulations. Sometimes it's very clear. And then sometimes in the case of emerging uh, fintech in particular, it's not, not always clear because sometimes laws... Uh, were passed historically that didn't anticipate developments in in technology. And, and that's what we're seeing across the country here with with earned wage access.
0: OK, so help us understand why is it that um, so there are regulators who are taking a look at this and they're saying we shouldn't be letting this go
1: on. Well, maybe in some cases, um, I, you know, early on as as this industry started, I think there was a lot of excitement. In fact, the, the earliest CFPB under Director Cordray, who was appointed by President Obama, seems to right. give a green light to earned wage access, saying if it was structured properly through an employer or an employer's agent, it shouldn't be regulated as credit at all if it has certain certain key facets that make it not credit. In other words, if a consumer is not obligated to repay, they're just getting money they already earned. Even that administration said this shouldn't be regulated as credit. Now, what we've seen over the last 10, 11, 12 years is a little bit of a shift where we're now hearing uh, certain advocacy groups and certain regulators say, hey, we think this has some of the same risks as other credit products. And so we want to see it regulated just like other credit and to industry who is trying to offer an alternative to credit that, that has uh, many safeguards around it just by its nature. It feels like an effort at almost curtailing or eliminating this new financial technology.
0: Yeah. So just to throw in there, by the way, CFPB is probably most of our listeners know is the consumer financial protection bureau. Um, and, and, And so, yeah, it's hard to understand what kind of um, what kind of credit risks do they see them having since, by definition, people are asking only to be paid for the time they've already worked. In other words, if I get paid weekly, right, Monday to Mm -hmm. Friday, I'm not asking to be loaned money based on work I will do. I'm only asking to be paid for the work I already have done. Isn't that correct?
1: That's right. That's right. In other words, you, you um you've already earned the money. There's not a risk of say, oh I'll call in sick the next the next 10 right. days. Right. I
0: mean, there's no risk of default as it were, right? I mean, it's it's really more of a bookkeeping issue.
1: That's right. That's right. The risks are not uh, the same as credit. The consumer advocates uh, and and some regulators are beginning to tap into this idea that there is uh, what they call in the payday loan space sort of a rollover risk or a longer term risk. And the idea here is if a consumer taps into funds for, say, an unexpected expense during this period, so they use, I don't know, 30 percent of this period's wages to cover that expense, then next week they might fall short again. In other words, uh, what the phrase advocates sometimes call it is a cycle of debt. When there's when there's a short-term infusion of cash uh, from one period, sometimes that at like a, sometimes that creates a problem two weeks later when the consumer may need cash again, and now they're a little bit short again. And so, so some of the regulators are beginning to buy into that notion without recognizing what what you said, which is. It's only for periods of time actually earned, actually used, and there's no question that the consumer has the money already in their kitty.
0: Well, it seems to me their concern is a little misplaced, isn't it, Justin? Because, I mean, if you can't get the money for what you've already done, your alternatives, what are they? I mean, they're to go get a payday loan for which you're going to owe interest. Mm-hmm. They're to put it on your credit card with those monstrous fees Or for people who are really stuck in the cycle of poverty, I mean, you face a situation where if you need the money, for example, gas to be able to drive to your job, you can't get to work, so you can't earn more money.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Liquidity access, access to credit are are just constant issues in this space. And there's, there's there's a real fear on the side of industry that any efforts to regulate or clamp down on terms, conditions, availability will mean that consumers who need it most can't get the cash. And in the, in the case of this fintech innovation, something that is widely viewed as less costly than some of the alternatives, it seems like the wrong place uh, to, to begin clamping down. And some states have taken more moderated efforts and said, You know, this is interesting. It does seem to be lower cost than the alternative. So we want to keep tabs on it, but we don't necessarily want to regulate it exactly as credit. Other states, including Connecticut in this case, seem to want to just just make it uh, the same as all options out there. Uh, a, A lot of regulation, a lot of limits, limits that seem arbitrary or artificial, such as finance charge limits and rate limits on a product that doesn't have a conventional finance charge or rate calculation. So it gets almost impossible in a state that tries to regulate it like credit.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's a shame because it does seem like the kind of arrangement between an employee and an employer that can, you know, if the employer is willing to offer it, um, it can help out an employee quite a bit, especially if they're, you know, the kind of people who are really, you know, living paycheck to paycheck.
1: That's right. And at its core, if you think about this product, it it sort of shines a light on on an age-old practice that we all take for granted. But it really is, in a modern time, somewhat nonsensical to think that every day an employee works for their employer, they're actually loaning their employer the fruits of their, their way. And they wait 14 days. Why does the employer, in today's world where money can be transmitted in a snap, why does the employer sit on the employee's earnings for 14 days? It, it's, well, it's, yeah,
0: yeah. You're earning a good deal of interest if you really think about it. I mean, you're floating right emplo- your, labor your pool. employer quite alone.
1: That's right. Across the labor pool, employers do well by sitting on those funds for 14 days. And and it may have made sense in, in the time when everyone was printing checks and cashing checks and signing checks, but checks, paper checks are used Very little today. Um, And and it's probably time for the marketplace to catch up with the technology.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. So there are states that have gone ahead and uh, and tried to take a more sensible approach to uh, to looking at this arrangement. What, What what have have some some of the more sensible states done, Justin?
1: Yeah. You know, some of the states out west have just taken an approach that says we want to know who you are. We want you to register with us. We want you to put a phone number for complaints uh, to a given state agency on your documents. And we just sort of want to want to keep tabs on it. We want to watch it. We want to see are the harms we're hearing about from some of these advocacy groups. Are they real? Are, are, Are they founded? Or, or or is it potentially overblown? And, and this is as helpful as industry thinks it will be. So give up, you know, give give the agency's phone number. Let us know who you are and where you're operating. And they're effectively taking a monitor, but more of a wait and see approach rather than saying you have to do everything that that a, a mortgage lender, an auto lender, a payday lender would have to do.
0: Yeah, which then, of course, does make it prohibitively difficult for the employer, especially if you're a small employer, uh, to to offer this benefit. Uh, You know, it it strikes me as uh, the kind of thing that is so emblematic of uh, a government that is disconnected from the real needs of its people. Um, You know, because a lot of the people who are making these regulations are very comfortably middle class and maybe are not actually familiar. uh, and, And I mean, I would not pretend to be someone who has known the exigencies of living paycheck to paycheck. I also am very fortunate, but I'm also aware that a lot of the people, for example, who shop at Walmart, I read a, a really surprising statistic. They have an average of $15 in their checking account if yeah. they have a checking account. And um, and it, you know, I wonder how many of the people who come up with ideas like, oh, gosh, let's regulate this like credit they may be well-intentioned, they may be thinking, we'll protect the people who might want to use this. But in fact, they're hurting them a lot. And it's simply because they themselves have never faced a situation where they are literally going to run out of money before their next pay period.
1: Yes, yes. I I, I have this discussion periodically with folks uh, seeking to regulate small dollar credit, and now even more so in earned wage access. And it's very interesting to look in a vacuum at a given fee, whether it's a uh, $1.99 for an earned wage access processing fee uh, and say, gosh, you know, to me in a vacuum, that, that seems high for money I already earned. But then, as you said, let's compare and contrast that with the possibility of bouncing a check or the possibility of being evicted from a home or not being able to buy medicine or food for a family. And suddenly you go, that dollar ninety nine is life saving to some people and well worth it and and that's that's the that's the piece that I think largely well intentioned regulators and advocates seem to miss
0: yeah and uh and you just hope that they're actually talking to the people who stand to benefit right. from this sort of service before they decide they're going to protect them by taking it away from them altogether and sending them into the hands of payday lenders. Or forcing them, if they even are able to get a credit card, to put something on a credit card, right? Um, and that's how you know you end up. You talk about a cycle of debt. It's it's quite amazing.
1: Absolutely, uh, uh, you can look at certain studies, even from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and and consumers who who are seeking emergency access to cash usually have have already had overdraft. They've already had. Uh, maxed out credit cards and 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 other issues, and so it's important to not look at these these uh, issues in a vacuum, but really think about the different alternatives and say, you know, EWA is the kind of, of product that, again, the early the earliest CFPB even said, let's take a wait and see approach. This this can be a good alternative for consumers if we don't overregulate it.
0: Yeah. And uh, and whatever his merits, Rich Cordray was not someone who was known for being overwhelmingly friendly to employers.
1: Exactly. So if, yeah. I like yeah. to this one out is is it's not someone who is is bending over backwards to for, for the marketplace. It's it's someone with a with a with a, a regulatory mindset, to say the least. And to and to look at this model and say, don't overregulate it really should mean something to to folks even oriented more towards regulation
0: yeah and so um and so from your understanding, this is something Connecticut is looking at regulating
1: yeah yeah the the state of Connecticut has basically issued some guidance that says that um earned wage access providers are going to be regulated much like the rest of credit um need a license subject to a p r and and cost limits that again are somewhat nonsensical a dollar ninety nine say processing fee is not the kind of thing that can be translated into an APR. And so to industry, it feels like an effort at, at eliminating EWA, not just not just monitoring it.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that is very helpful. And uh, it gives us something to definitely uh, keep an eye on and, and have a little conversation uh, with our regulators about because... You know, the last thing I think anyone would want to do or at least anyone of goodwill is to make life more difficult for people who are already working so hard to get by and who have worked out a a voluntary arrangement with uh, his or her employer to be able to monetize the work he or she's already done. Justin, thank you so much for taking time uh, to talk us through earned wage access and uh, and to uh, share a little bit of your insight.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, absolutely. And thank you to all of you for joining us, and we hope you'll be with us again for another edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt Leval. Look forward to being with you next time.
1: I'll show you around this place I call home.